It is the big show. Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk a little college football with Christian Cox coming up here momentarily. It is game day here on the station. The Utah Jazz taking on the Milwaukee Bucks tonight here at Vivint Arena. Tip-off coming your way a little after 7 o'clock. David Locke and Ron Boone will have all the action for you, of course. Uh, Tim Lacombe will be along with me. Pre-game coverage begins at 6. Uh, Tim will be along for the ride for pre-game, halftime, and post-game, uh, as always. I think should be a really interesting uh, one. Final preseason matchup for the Jazz. I would guess it be used as kind of a dress rehearsal. We won't see Joe Ingles tonight, uh, but always uh, there's some really fascinating teams in the NBA that are must-watch teams when they play the Jazz, particularly here in this building, and I think Milwaukee regular season, preseason, or of course postseason falls into that category. So I think tonight should be a fun one. But let's talk some college football. Let's get out to the Smart Rain special guest line. Utah will be in a drought uh, next summer. Smart Rain knows that 2022 budget planning for most businesses is coming soon. Take advantage of their Save Now Pay Later promotion and do your part by saving water while saving money. Check Best of State Award winner Smart Rain at SmartRain.net. Of course, he's former Ute, former Patriot as well, our friend Christian Cox. What's going on, Christian? Hey, Jake. Oh, you know, another day in paradise. What's going on with you? Yeah, buddy. How have you liked going back to newborn? You hanging in there? You doing okay? I, I'm fine. It's uh, Listen, you know this. The work really isn't done by me. The work is done by mommy at night. So baby sleeping, life's good. good. It's uh, It's fun. Glad to hear it. Well, we had the question last week. I asked you, you know, if uh, the Utes were going to use the the tragic circumstances of the passing of Aaron Lowe and, you know, put that energy into a positive direction on the football field or not, and they certainly did. That was their best performance, I thought, by far against USC last week. Listen, I thought, you know, maybe uh, maybe people listen to our show, Jake. I'm saying our Couple show anyway. I'm on it, I guess. Well, <laughs> think about it. Think about it. Guess who was the starting running back to begin the game? It was Pledger, yep. but he wasn't the guy to end the game. And yep. then we made a comment about Mika Tafua who said, hey, like, he hasn't really shown up on the edge. And uh, he really came out gangbusters. So I, I thought, listen, I thought the performance from Utah really represented a game for Aaron Lowe. They actually played with passion, energy. They played with a chip on their shoulder. They played like they actually cared. And, uh, you know, when you get a quarterback performance that's a 200 uh, QB rating from Cam Rising, who still hasn't thrown a, an interception on the year, uh, I think he threw over 300-plus yards. Uh, it was a really fun game to watch start to finish. And I, I, we said this. Uh, last week, Utah really hasn't had control of a full football game all year. And uh, for once, it felt like that game was a game they had control. Uh, really, they started to get more control in, the, in the, the end of the first quarter. And then, quite frankly, it was just those big game-breaking plays of you know Andy Ludwig not just sitting back and being like, all right, let's take a knee or let's run the ball. Let's actually run a flea flicker and throw it deep to score right before half and get the ball back. So I, for me, I thought it was, a, it was a really cool performance. It sets Utah up uh, to capitalize on the conference in the Pac-12 South. We said this last week, really the, the winner of that USC game is really determined who wins the South. And this year it looks like Arizona State is the, the top South player, like in terms of team and quality across the board offensively and defensively and 
look, it's Utah has a new season. They're undefeated. They're two and zero, and they get to control their destiny. So, uh, really happy for Kyle. Really happy for Sharif and uh, Aaron and um, you know Lewis and the whole gang. Um, and you know Monday was a, a morning day as they went down to Mesquite, Texas, and uh, celebrated the life of Aaron Lowe. I, I thought it was what we all wanted and it actually happened. So maybe we've been reading our, our Zodiac signs correctly because we wished it into the universe and it actually happened. So elaborate a little bit more, Christian, on Cam Rising's performance from this standpoint. I thought he played confidently. He made all the throws. You can't say enough about it. But I thought the coaching staff showed confidence in him in the way that they called the game, which we didn't necessarily see against Washington State, I didn't think. I thought the game plan was perfect, and they, they showed confidence that he could go out there and have a game. Well, wasn't it kind of – well, again, I think the difference on this one was uh, USC's freaking back end is – piss poor right you have other <laughs> games you have other games Oregon State threw all over them right and Stanford put them physically in a in a bad position but they actually were very successful throwing the ball as well so there was a weakness in USC and USC isn't the same USC they still have the talented athletes but it was clear from tape that they were going to get the throws they wanted but I think the best part the best part was Cam Rising just delivered strikes in reality, right? There's there's basically two or three throws that just stick out in my mind. And these aren't like – one obviously is a back-breaking throw, right? Right before half, the the, the pledger flea flicker, throw it down, and, and Vele catches it, and it's a, it's a big momentum swing. You get the ball at half. But the other, if you remember, there was like a – you know, it was kind of like a, a slot fade from Covey, and it was a perfectly thrown ball – right into his hands on the right side, it was just a perfectly thrown fade to a shorter a shorter receiver, right? And typically you're not going to throw uh, like a fade out of the slot into, a, a, you know, to Cubby. That's just not, that's not his game, right? You're going to throw that to a, you know, a Vele or a, a taller wide receiver. And it was just a perfectly thrown ball. And I think, again, does Cam Rising have the best throwing motion? No. But does Cam Rising play with passion and threats the is a threat on on the wide side and makes the right plays? Yes. And what you want is as 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 a leader and as a coach, you want a guy that wants to play with, you know, hundred percent effort and energy. And he's clearly a spark plug for this Utah offense. And like you said, they let the reins off. But that was also scheme and what they seen on film. Like USC, uh, you know, it's clear their back end has issues. Uh, their team has issues, but not making uh, excuses for USC or downplaying the, the big win for Utah. It's a massive road win, um, and it just allows them to play with a lot more energy and momentum uh, going forward. So, but again, he what he have six incompletions total is uh, you know he had a two hundred uh, point quarterback rating, no interceptions, seven touchdowns on the season. And he played like he did against San Diego State in the fourth quarter, but did it for four full quarters. And I think the other like key, the, the key jump out person was uh, Tavion Thomas. Uh, we've been wondering where is Pledger the guy? Is you know uh, is Fumbleitis Tavion Thomas the guy? And he came out with some really really impressive runs. And um, 
I think if he can hold on to the ball, which you could see when he scored on that big run, how he's holding it high and tight, um, he's not gonna he's not gonna let this job go. And he's a transfer. He's a kid from Cincinnati, and so the Utah running game did well. Um, the defense played, you know, pretty well. And uh, if you didn't notice, Devin Lloyd, he was playing DN for a minute. They had a funny package where he was doing pass rushing up at that top right end, and I thought Mika Tafua, and I thought the whole defense just played amazing. And the overall team, that's the Utah team I think we've expected to see from game one. It's just taken a while to get to them, and it's it's not the wrong time to have it because end of the day, you're 2-0 in conference, and you have a future ahead of you. If you come out with a big win against Arizona State, um, it's it's setting the table nicely. It's a game-by-game thing, as cliche as it is, but I thought Kyle put together a great game plan. And also, let's give credit to Andy Ludwig. He takes a lot of heat and fire, and I thought he called a, a, a great game. And I just I'm, – I'm happy to see that they're – they're taking shots, and they're taking shots downfield, and you can do that with Cam Rising. And the final thing I'll say on throws, I said there's three. The third and final throw was with a minute to go, uh, USC called a timeout, uh, and then they threw the ball 20 yards down the field for a, a first down just to kind of like really put their foot on their face and just say, hey, we've done this all night. We're going to keep doing this to you if you're going to call timeouts when it's petty and we're already up by 20, and the game's over. So that was a cool win. Statement game, um, big road win for Utah, and a uh, big win for Kyle. Well, this is a big one this week. Arizona State in town, you alluded to it earlier. Um, they could be – well, the winner of this game will be in the driver's seat uh, in the south, and I know UCLA is a little bit better, but uh, I would say the winner of this game is, is in control of their own destiny, as they say. Um so with that in mind, I mean, Jaden Daniels, obviously an excellent quarterback for Arizona State. They're a very upperclassman laden team. There's a lot yeah. of experience. But how, how do you expect Utah to game plan against somebody like Jaden Daniels to make him one-dimensional? I think the good part about Jaden Daniels is they've seen him a couple times, right? They saw him his freshman year on at home. Um, I, I don't think they played Arizona State last year. And candidly, like, I want him to beat him just so – you know, PK can stop yapping his mouth. I know he has this deep love for the Arizona State Sun Devils, and I, I quite enjoy PK. But I just, I listen. Nothing would make me more happy to see them uh, beat the Sun Devils. And, and candidly, Utah has struggled with Arizona State uh, at Arizona State in Tempe. Uh, I think there was uh, when they won the Pac-12 South two or three years ago. They went on the road down there and just got whacked. So. I think Herm Edwards has done a great job. That staff is very pro-laden. Um, it's a really cool uh, program. I really have always liked Herm. I'm surprised that he's done as well as he has. Like It's it's actually quite cool. Uh, I actually applaud it as the more years it's gone on. I think we're in year four. Uh, but with Jane Daniels, I, I think with Keaton Slovis, we said this last week, he's going to throw himself into problems and interceptions, which he did. Jane Daniels is dangerous, right? You saw a guy similar to him um, in Jaron Hall, uh, but uh, Jaden Daniels, if you go watch the film only a few games ago, and it, it's not necessarily transient, meaning like it translates into the success, but against BYU, I think Arizona State had 460 total yards offense. They, they checked all the boxes to actually win the game. But the defense caused turnovers in critical times when they're driving to score. And so I think Utah's defense is more physical and fast than BYU's, obviously. There's just not a comparison. 
And if Utah can play with the same type of mustard and energy that they did on the road against USC, it really boils down to is like, okay, you did it for one game. The difference of a, an average team or a good team versus an elite team is a team that builds momentum and gets better game after game after game in conference. And uh, if we look at Tampa Bay last year, I think Tampa Bay was 7-5 and five on the year, lost to the Saints for the second time. Well, they peaked at the perfect time, and they ended up winning the Super Bowl. No one remembers what their record was right. you know, early in the season. Nobody remembers that. They remember, hey, when they beat – um, you know, Aaron Rodgers on the road in Green Bay and then, you know, bottled up Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. So I think Utah has that same opportunity at home. It'll be a massive game. It'll be a late night game. Uh, it'll be a fun energy. Uh, weather should be good. And, um, you know, these, these quarterbacks that are similar to like Lamar Jackson, like Jaden Daniels, um, they are prone to make mistakes if you can bottle them up. But if you let them loose on the edge, like Utah did with Jaron Hall early in the year, you're going to have problems. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see what Morgan comes up from the scheme. Uh, Utah has seen lots of these read option type quarterbacks over the last decade. Um, so it's, it's, it should be a really fun matchup. I think, uh, Christian, and, and feel free to disagree with this, but um, I think it comes down to does the O-line play like they did against USC or do they play like they did against BYU? Be, and it gets down to the, the energy and the mustard, as you said. Uh, that I, I think it's that particular position group because they were great against USC. If they can do that again, I think so much of the offensive problems get better. Well, that's where I think we could, you know, you don't want to get too excited or get over your skis, but like a real good team, a real good team that has like a life-changing event where you lose a teammate and your teammates start coming together for a purpose, you have every reason to play well every week. Like you don't have any other excuses, right? And those teams that come together and play better and just get micro on their focus game by game and get better versus the teams that are barely winning games, but they're, they're not getting better and they're seven and one or eight and oh, and then, the season goes on and they're not improving week after week. That's again, I'm not trying to use, you know, tomfoolery or magic words here, but when we think about, you know, those losses early in the season, those can actually help Utah because they can get better every single week. And uh, if the O line can establish the line of scrimmage and the D line can do the same, I, I envision that Utah will be that. I think Utah's found its identity I think this big road win kind of shows, hey, this is the actual team we are because the week before was Washington State, Cam Rising, lots of turnovers and fumbles and playing sloppy without an edge, playing in the middle of the day. San Diego State was the fourth quarter. That's the, this is the team we are because Cam's you know, changed our way. And now you've had a bye week. You, you did it at USC. I think this team is settled. And as much as you want to go back and pull well, who were we are in week two, as a player, like, quite frankly, when we played in 2010, nobody even remembers this game. We played Pitt first game of the year. We played a guy named Dion Lewis. We won a close game. I can't remember if we won in overtime or won by three. But we were a completely different team by the end, right, when you're on the road against Notre Dame or when you're getting your ass kicked against uh, TCU or butt kicked. Sorry, I apologize. Uh, so, uh, again, <laughs> it, the, 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 the seasons really are – 
they're broken down game by game, but they're broken down in, uh, you know, fourths or thirds, right, every four games. And so the first four games, um, Utah was not great, 2-2. Two and two. And now they're 1-0, and 2-0 oh, oh in conference. And uh, like you said, Jake, not a bigger game for them to really control, to be uh, in the driver's seat. And uh, this, is, these are the, this is why you've built the program the way you have. You have a lot of depth. I really like, I really like what the defense is and what they've become. And uh, I really like some of these scheme switches that Morgan's doing and putting Devin Lloyd to be in a rusher position and Cam Fillinger is, you know, coming in his own as an end. And then you need Mika Tafua to be the guy. And uh, you could see his edge he was playing with against that right tackle from USC. who's was, you know, really good, but he was in his head. He got, you know, two or three sacks and a lot of TFLs and just disrupting the quarterback back there. And that's, I guess, overall long-winded. But that's the Utah team, and that's Utah football in general. And it's so refreshing to actually see it. We got one dose of it in one game, but I think that's what you should be seeing going forward because this team is settled. It's kind of found its identity. It's found who it is. Uh, As long as they don't turn the ball over and I don't see them doing that, um, you're going to get a very balanced team, a very physical team, a team that can run. And now you actually have a quarterback who can command an offense and complete passes and threaten these defenses with his legs. So it's, it's really uh, it's coming together quite well. I want to see what it does on Saturday. Christian, thank you as always. You're a highlight of our week each and every week. Thanks, buddy. Stop it, Jake. See you later, man. See ya. The one and only Christian Cox coming on and uh, giving us his thoughts, and we do. We love it when Christian has a chance to drop by. He is a weekly highlight. So big thanks to him for jumping on, getting his thoughts on Utah-USC, and a little preview on Utah-Arizona State. We, uh, I'm joined in studio. He's been hanging out with me throughout the show today. He's Dr. Johnson from Premier Wave. And, uh, yeah, we're gearing up for a big football uh, weekend. Should be a good one. I'm going to be there. And then Christian Cox's words were music to my ears. So, Christian, I tell you, he's one of the good ones, man. He's, he's, uh, he's always fun to talk to. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about helping our listeners. You guys uh, have technology out there. Recently, FDA approved. Uh, you guys are doing things better. Yeah. So, we have this great new technology that's uh, FDA approved and it's shown to be more than twice as effective as the other treatments because it was specifically designed for ED. So, you know, I'm thinking, why, if you're having problems, why wait? There's things you can do now. There's no reason to wait for the future because now is the time to get it done because, you know, so many people suffer from this and you don't need to. And it's such a big part of life. I know that, you know, it's <clears throat> makes sure that if you, you know, have regular relations with your partner, that your the happiness index, as they say, is much higher and things just go better. So there's no point in just waiting out. We have great technology, great services, great deals going on. So now's the time. Who's a good candidate? So mo- almost all men are actually pretty good candidates. But right side of this function, the vast majority of it is due to loss of blood vessels and build up a plaque. There's a few people that it's due to, say, a stroke or some type of medicine they're taking. But the vast majority are good candidates. In fact, you know, even those with severe dysfunction can get a benefit. In fact, if you say you, were, you had $189,000 to plop down and buy your own laser, which I've had some people ask, <laughs> and you treated yourself, you know, if you're one of those people, you could get all the way back to normal if you treated yourself enough. But the vast majority of men really only need six treatments. Uh, it's very, very effective. 
All right. Uh, here's the number to call. You can call 385-360-WAVE. That's 385-360-9283. And a really good deal going today. Yep, yep. So we're uh, going to entice the people. We're actually we're giving $300 off, but we're going to give another $100. So $400 off All right. on the next hour. <laughs> Plus, we're giving half off of those treatments. If you've already had a treatment and you want to try a new one, then call us. We'll give you half off. And we may even throw a few injections in there for you because we have some great deals on some Botox, which isn't necessarily related to erectile dysfunction, but uh, it does help with the smile line. So There you go. <laughs> 385-360-WAVE, 385-360-9283, or go online, premierwave.com. Thank you very much, Doctor. Yeah, thanks. Jake. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Lincoln Kennedy, Raider Radio Analyst. I'm honestly still trying to process what I found out in the last 48 hours. Yesterday, the rest of the emails that were shared were between Bruce Allen and John Gruden. It's been a little overwhelming. I work for both of these guys. Bruce Allen was the team president when I was playing at the Raiders, and John Gruden was a coach. Never once did I see an inkling of the information that I got from the emails or heard about over the last couple of days. So this is all surprising to me. In this day and climate, you can't have that. You can't tolerate that. So was really surprised last night when the news came down from Mark Davis and the Raiders that they're letting him go. But at the same point, understanding why they had to let him go. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Uh, pre-game coverage, Jazz Bucks begins tonight a little after, or actually right at 6 o'clock. Tim Lacombe will be in the house for pre-half and post-game coverage as always tonight. And Tim is here. We've seen him. He is in the building. I don't know. Is he out signing autographs know, out really, front? Yeah, he's or somewhere. What, uh, doing something famous. Came what? in wearing sunglasses. I mean, he's a big deal. Tell you he what. Is. Just riding coattails. That's what I do. Uh, so Tim will join us uh, coming up at six. But right now, let's uh, let's talk a little Utah Jazz basketball. In fact, let's let you hear some shoot around sound from today. New Jazz man Eric Pascal talking to the media. What was different for you on Monday than the, the previous week? Uh, just getting more comfortable. I would say. Um, really, I haven't played an NBA game since right before the playing game the worst because I got hurt so just getting my feet more wet and uh, being able to play basketball live against other people is helping me out a lot you talked a few times about the process of getting comfortable kind of going away from those mid-range shots that, that you like and they're good at and getting a little better you know fitting into what Quinn wants you to do how's that process coming along oh, it's been coming along very well I mean I actually shot a mid-range last game but uh, it went in so I'm kind of glad about that <laughs> The baseline, right? Yeah, the baseline. I actually made it, so I'm not, not tripping. But, yeah, you know, I've been adjusting. Uh, he kind of wants me to be a facilitator because I can get in the paint pretty easily. So just being able to uh, find my teammates and also be aggressive at the same time. We asked a lot of people how, you know, playing with Gobert helps them. But how can 
playing with you helped Gobert like down, especially when he has the ball down. Though he cut, found you a couple of times cutting to the basket. Um, I always try to be active. I mean, I always try to find the little things I could do on the court and uh, be be a different type of player. I mean, just uh, find little ways to score and make an impact on defense any type of way. So I think Rudy's a is a big help for me just in terms of uh, obviously defensively, he's he's great, but. Uh, just playing off of him has been a great thing for me. Have you always been a guy that just, you know, you're high energy, you run the floor a lot, you cut to the basket a lot. Has that kind of always been your style, or is that something you've had to add? Uh, add it. I mean, in, the, in my freshman year in college, I didn't do none of that stuff. And we, I used to just try to get buckets. So, uh, yeah, now I've, I've added it now, and uh, I feel like it's, it's, it's a great part of my game to add. Coach, we've seen uh, a few times where, where you've been proud like small ball fives, what are kind of the, and, and obviously we've talked about, you know, the, the offensive challenges of that. What are some of the defensive challenges of, of you all of a sudden having to be down in that position, which maybe is not the most familiar for you? Uh, obviously the only one thing is, is the size and uh, rebounding. But besides that, I feel like it helps us out because it messes teams up. So again, it's, I feel like it's, uh, it's a, every, everything in this game has a good and bad thing. So uh, we just got to take what we get. How do you account for the size discrepancy that you're going to face sometimes in, in the lineup? Uh, we just got to box out. Be real. Uh, box out, get the board, run. I feel like because we're a small ball, we can run on them. So every time we get a stop, it's an advantage for us. But last season in Golden State, I, I mean, I think that was hard for you, not just because of injury, but kind of being in and out of things. Yeah. Was that tough for you, like mentally, also physically, not knowing when you were going to be out there? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, just not knowing if I was going to play or not. But, again, it's all part of the game. It's something that uh, I've dealt with. And, again, I feel like my time at Villanova has helped me prepare for any type of moment. So, um, again, it's, it's fine by me. What did you sort of lean on when you, like, during those times? Were there people that you were training with or guys that you would reach out to? Uh, I would pose mostly my guys in player development. So, uh, Theo, Chris DeMarco, and uh, Leonardo Barbosa. I would talk to them a lot. They would just try to keep me ready to uh, to play or not play or whatever. So, uh, again, we just kept talking to each other and made sure uh, I was good mentally going into everything. Coach said that the, the thing he was most impressed with you on Monday was um, that you made really good reads. Um, so, is that indicative of your comfort level within the offense? Just kind of getting getting better in terms of understanding the offense as a whole. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, again, uh, I talked to him. He definitely wants me to be uh, kind of facilitated too because I have a lot of shooters around me, and if they they help on me, I could get get shooting shots. Uh, uh, again, I, I feel like that's something that his offense allows me to do, and he's giving me the confidence to go do. You said you started running more as a sophomore. Did Jay tell you to watch somebody? Or, you know, was there a player you were modeling your game after at all? Or? Nah, it no, it was just Coach Wright was on my ass. <laughs> <laughs> to be real, that, that, that was pretty much it. You um, so you saying that, like, being a facilitator from, you know, potentially a small ball five, um, have you watched, I mean, did a little bit of Draymond rub, rub off on you? Not, not. Not trying to make a comparison like you're a great mom, but just yeah. the, the playing style. That did, did you kind of soak any of that up? Or uh, yeah, I mean that's my that's my guy right there. Uh, that was definitely my vet uh, going in. Uh, yeah, of course I try to watch everything he does. I mean he's, he's won championships, so whatever I could do to try to uh, 
emulate that in any type of way is, is, is a good thing. During the course of the practice, we, were, see, we saw you on the court by yourself getting up threes in different spots. Um, I know you talked about how you do that a lot of going over, but that's so cool to say. Are you taking a lot more threes in practice here than you were there, or, or is it roughly? Uh, roughly the same. I mean, Villanova, we shot a lot, like a lot. Because we broke, we broke the three-point record out the year we won the championship. So, uh, yeah, that's why I always model this a little bit. Like the same things I do after practice here, I was doing at Villanova. What about, what about in Golden State? Golden State, now we shoot a lot of threes. I mean, me personally, I was able to shoot mid-range. So I, in games, I would shoot a lot more but mid-range. But now we in Golden State, we shot a lot of threes as well. Eric Paschal, interesting to hear him talk about potential roles on this Jazz team. I think he's uh, one of a few players the Jazz added this year that have some versatility to their game. Heard him talk about the small ball three. You also heard him, uh, our friend Ben Anderson, ask him about playing alongside Rudy Gobert and what he can do uh, to complement Rudy's game. He's a very intriguing player, and we'll, I'll be... I'll be interested to see what his role ends up being because he could be odd man out, ninth, tenth man in the rotation, or he could uh, be somebody that, uh, in large part, uh, spells Rudy Gobert, and they go with that uh, that uh, small ball uh, big there. So he's he's interesting because he could play a huge role and maybe not so much, maybe more of an emergency role. So somebody certainly. Uh, could play his way up the roster, Eric Pascal, that's for sure. All right, it is the big show. We'll get to more coming up next. Don't forget, Jazz pregame starts at 6, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's game week for the Cougars. And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. It's a trip to the Lone Star State for the Cougars as BYU heads to wake up for a massive showdown against Baylor as the Cougars look to knock off a future Big 12 opponent. Catch the Cougar pregame show Saturday at 1230 with the postgame show immediately following the game. From Monday morning to the postgame press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's a big show, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Lloyd, I'm getting personal feedback about our conversation during the Not Sports Report, where we said, what's the what's the moratorium on spoilers when it comes to uh, movies, shows, whatever? So my buddy Brandon texts me. He says, uh, if you don't want the ending ruined, watch the show. When it's first out, end of story, no more tyranny of the minority. Okay, that, so what was his, what's his time frame? Well, I said, totally disagree. I'm late to everything these days. He adds, why is that everyone else's problem? I said, there has to be some reasonable allotment period. And he added, there is. That's when the series is released. Consume or suffer the consequences. That's a ridiculous standard. I love my friend Brandon, but that's not fair. So he's not even giving it a month. No. Like, you better be he's, done with it. He's saying it, it's out. You so watch the first it or, person that finishes it gets to spill all. For everybody, apparently. Get on it or suffer the consequences. Tim's here. Tim Lacombe. Tim, grab a, grab a microphone. What's Should there be... Should there be a, a grace period on spoilers? LeBron and Anthony Davis were talking about Squid Game, where everybody could overhear, and LeBron like ruined the ending. So, 
Are you in a squid game? I barely know what that is, but apparently it's the new rage. I've heard of it, but I have not digested it yet. Lloyd's seen every second. He's. I think he's, he's watched it twice. He's already started. Nah, just one time. Starting to blog about by this, it. By the way, this is deja vu because he, he, the last time he sat in on Monday, we discussed this. We did talk squid game. Did we? we talk? Did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, but spoilers, you got to get six months longer, shorter. What's the deal? I'm not big on on revealing stuff like that, but I don't know how you could put in a hard fast rule. We can't get anybody to agree on anything. How in the world are we going to agree on spoilers? Well, is well you, it, is one that thing negative? you can agree on is that, is that LeBron's a bad dude. Yeah, do they have to Trying do to that out in the open in front of everybody? Talk about it on the way to the car or something, or in the locker or whatever. What do you have to do it out in front of everybody? What do you have to ruin it for everyone? Now I just know not to click on that link, right? If you're going to but watch the But he did the it show. at the podium. They were at the podium sitting there just talking. Yeah. They weren't, they weren't addressing the media per se. They were talking to each other, but everybody could hear it. It was in a room oh, yeah, full I'm of sure people. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure they were curious what was being discussed. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I think there should be I some think there should be. I just don't know how you can enforce it. Well, we were talking about enforcement. We were talking about arresting people because then, yes, you know, you, you spoil the ending of a movie. That's That's... A misdemeanor. But I think it's a cultural thing that should be adopted. Yes, I'm all for that. But apparently Brandon thinks you should just, if you watch it, get a binge watch it in two days, and then you can just say whatever you want to right. say. Right. Yeah, that's what he's saying. You better jump on it or something. You better get watching. Yeah. Screw your life. Yeah, right. All right. Well, Hans feels that way, too, because I know Hans has mo- ruined multiple movies for me by listening to his show, where he just talks about the ending willy-nilly. He does that on purpose, though. Because he's hands. Um, yes, that is true. He does. It's the same way that when you're trying to think of an actor or actress's name, and Hans will give you the wrong one. Every no, time. he really doesn't. He gets him confused easily. He does not. He does not. The best them. part about this is I, I, you set him up to, to rip hands just so the next day there's going to be conflict. And, and I see that in your eye. Oh, yeah. Well, setting up conflict for other people with Hans is great because there's actually that slim possibility required. that he's going to— You're not going to get in between us. Pull your arm out of your socket. Uh, you, you know who Hans randomly doesn't like? Hans loves Neil Diamond. You know who he randomly doesn't like musically? Van Morrison. Hates like, Van Morrison. has a like, strong opinion about yeah, it? Yeah. Like, who has a strong opinion disliking Van Morrison? Doesn't everybody love Brown Eyed Girl? I do. Apparently not Hans. <laughs> yeah, apparently not Hans. It seemed like the most random artist ever to like have a strong dislike for. I, I, I agree. I don't know that he's Van Morrison kind of seems like Switzerland to me, just kind of right. neutral. It'd be similar to if somebody says, wow, I can't stand that James Taylor. It'd be like, really, James Taylor? Because he just what sings, whatever I see your smiling face. <laughs> nice. That's exactly, yeah. Uh, hey, what uh, quick thoughts. We'll get more into this, uh, the pregame coming up next. But final preseason game, pretty interesting. Excited to see Milwaukee? I'm really excited to see Milwaukee. Uh, I think that the fact that the Jazz played their, their pretty close to their rotation last game, um, I think this, this sets up nice for a table setter for the season. Um, it's great having the, uh, the reigning champs come in. And I spent a little bit of time upon getting here visiting with uh, Elijah Bryant and Mike Dunlap from the Milwaukee Bucks. So I got a little insight we can talk about, about the Bucks and, and the things going on there, but certainly coming off a great year. 
like I said, we can talk more about this later. But is your guy Elijah just riding high, living the dream? I just I, I didn't want. I went down and kind of stood three rows from him because I didn't know protocol, and he came up to give me a hug, and I said, I don't want to break anything you got going. So I don't know if you want to. You know, I might be kryptonite here, but no, I, I'm so happy for him. It's it's a crazy story. You know, left BYU after his junior year, went and played in Israel. And that doesn't always tend to lead to a, a direct shot to the NBA, but for Elijah it did. And it's an awesome story, and he was able to take part in a championship. And so he'll have those stories and experiences forever. So he told me he did go to Greece this summer with, uh, with Giannis and a bunch of the, the guys. That's so, pretty cool. Um, Giannis kind of showed him around and said it was, it was a great time. He's turned himself into a fine player. He really has. He deserves a lot and of credit. And none of it really has anything to do with me. So Eli did that. Oh, uh, come on now. I Coach? opened the gym for him. But um, I, I met Elijah when he was in the eighth grade. <laughs> and uh, he he grew just like his career's kind of grown. He, he shot up pretty quick. He was small. Um, but adding that size and his feels really, really fun. All right. Uh, that is Coach Tim Lacombe. He's going to be joining me for Jazz Pre Half and post-game coverage that's coming up right around the corner. Of course, David Locke and Ron Boone will have all the action for you. Jazz and Milwaukee Bucks tipping off a little a little after 7 o'clock. But let's check in one more time with our friend Dr. Johnson from Premier Wave. We're helping out our listeners, Doctor, and you guys uh, are doing things better. In fact, you're the only one around doing them better. Yeah, we have a new acoustic wave machine that is shown to be more than twice as effective as the other machines. So, you know, I like this analogy. We're, we're in a race against ED. We're in a racetrack. And you can hop into a Civic if you like to, but your chances of winning the race are much higher if you hop into a Lamborghini. So we're the Lamborghini. Why waste your money on the Civic when it might not get you to the end end line, you know? You might not cross the finish line, but you're more than likely to cross the finish line with our Lamborghini. Uh, which, I mean, let's let's translate that a little bit. Better performance, uh, you broke it down a little bit earlier, you know, where the other guys are doing this. You guys are doing it, what, two times better, three times yeah, better? Yeah, uh, at least twice as good, if not better, because, you know, when they did the study, so uh, just a real quick thing, when you do FDA, get FDA approval, you have to do all these studies to show it's eff- efficacious. And so they got it through the FDA approval, showed it was twice as effective as the other things. But the method they did it wasn't quite up to speed. That's where it's good to have a, a physician who knows what he's doing come in. So I came in, I changed it around, so we actually treat a little different, and we've gotten even better results than they've shown from the study. So I would say it's at least twice as effective, probably closer to three times. Wow. All right, 385-360-WAVE, 385-360-9283. That's the number to call, and you've got a great deal going on, even better now during the 5 o'clock hour. Yeah, so you got a couple more minutes. We'll give you $400 off if you call in the next couple minutes. But what we're really trying to push is people who've tried this and haven't gotten the results they want, like I said, they were in the Civic, come try out the Lamborghini, and we'll give you half off. Awesome. All right, premierwave.com or 385-360-WAVE, 385-360-9283. Doctor, it's been fun to have you aboard today. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's great. It's good to see you again. Yeah, it's been great to see you. like it. In yeah, we'll studio. do it again. Yeah, let's do it again soon. All right, Jazz pregame starts next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.